Once again from Toronto, Canada for another episode of Boxing News Today. And as many of you know, who've been watching this show for the past three years, I have an interest in the heavyweights, I'll admit. Uh, the best pound-for-pound -pound boxers when they go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Uh, more notably, I'm very interested in promoting women in the ring. And of recent times, I'll tell you what really is intriguing me, fighting in Japan. Yes, there is boxing over in Vietnam, in Thailand, in the Philippines, other Asian countries. But in Japan, I didn't realize how big it was. So I've been reporting on uh, a few title fights here and a few title fights there and a few fights here and a few fights there. And today, a, a, a story pops up and it just something caught my attention, not necessarily uh, the fighters involved, but the, the scope and scale of this potential fight. Let me read this article, courtesy of BoxingNews24.com. Um, basically, it is about uh, Nayana Inoui and, uh, and his potential upcoming fight versus Luis Neri. And it's by Jay McIntyre, a really good writer, as I said, out of BoxingNews24.com. Uh, undisputed super middleweight champ, Nayana Inoui versus Luis Neri is being discussed for May 6th at the Tokyo Tome Dome in Japan. Now, this is important for this reason and this reason alone, 55,000-seater. This is no small uh, arena. This is no small hall. This is the Tokyo Dome. This is the place, in fact, where Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas back in the day. Okay, This is how big this facility is anyway let's have a quick read here number one wbc 122 pound mandatory uh luis neri 35 and one is said to be the leading candidate uh, for this next fight for Inouye. it's not been officially confirmed but fans are certainly excited over in japan for this to happen why for a very interesting reason not just for the fact that Inouye is an absolute movie star over there uh, and in other places around the world, even here in Toronto. Um, but Neri uh, is quite famous over in Japan because he destroyed the popular Japanese fighter Shinsuke Yamanaki twice back in 2017 and 2018, knocking him out in the early rounds. That made the fans over there in Japan angry. Uh, but there's no way to even the score because no Japanese fighters could face Neri with a chance of beating him until now and this is what uh, has gotten the japanese boxing fans completely excited about this potential fight uh anyway versus neri it's going to be a good one if it happens i'd love to see it happen uh but neri does have um shall we say a reputation of uh weighing in a little overweight so let's hope he doesn't let's come in let's hope he weighs in uh at the appropriate weight level and uh Let's, let's see this fight happen because it will be a doozy. Uh, and 55,000 uh, screaming fans would be a joy to see and certainly gain headlines for Japanese boxing around the world, which made me wonder. So I did a little Googling down that rabbit hole, having a look at Japanese boxing. Came across a really interesting article uh, that I put down below in the show's description, uh, a link to an article that I found on uh, films about Japanese boxing, going all the way back to the 50s uh, when a great film was made. I forget the title of it right now, 
but apparently after the Second World War, uh, you know, Japanese youth were kind of a little indifferent as to how they'd go about their lives uh, and as opposed to their parents and therefore took up uh, fighting of, of all various uh, descriptions, including boxing. And boxing has remained incredibly popular ever since, as it has in Japan for at least 100 years, uh, as we've mentioned many times, and as Mike Gore has mentioned on Knuckle Up as well on Talk and Fight. So uh, I just want to bring that to your attention. Look out for it. Anyway versus Neri at the Tokyo Dome. 55,000 people uh, for that particular fight, if it happens. Let's hope it does. All right. Four fights that will happen, or should I say four cards that will happen, have just been announced by Matchroom. Uh, they've just announced uh, a quartet of upcoming shows this spring, including some world title fights. Uh, things kick off apparently on March 23rd uh, when uh, Dalton Smith, 15-0, 11 knockouts, steps onto the world stage against division uh, mainstay Jose Zapita, 37-4. That would be a great fight. Uh, Zapita's been mentioned quite often on Talking Fight. Dalton Smith rising up. Uh, and after an ugly win over uh, Billy Allington in February, Smith got back in the driver's seat by torching Sam Maxwell five months later. Zapita is one and two in his last three, uh, falling to Regis Progress and Richardson Hitchens, but is genuinely elite and when he's at his best. The show also sees, as I've said earlier, I really enjoy Women in the Ring, and here's a good example. The show also sees Sandy Ryan, six one and one, Tunaka's defender WBO welterweight title against Terry Harper, 14-1-2 with six knockouts in another huge women's fight. Ryan should, by all accounts, be a unified champion after her bogus draw with Jessamyn McCaskill, uh, says this writer on Bad Left Hook, by the way. Uh, while Harper was likewise deeply unfortunate to not unify the WBA and WBO super welterweight titles in a draw with Cecilia Breakhouse. Um, so, uh, later on, uh, Matchroom says on April 6th, the aforementioned Hitchens 17-0 battles Gustavo Lemos 29-0 for a crack at the super lightweight champion, Sabriel Mateus. And a week later in Manchester, we're going to see uh, Zelfa Barrett 30-2, meet Jordan Gill 28-2 uh, in what should be an excellent clash of fragile but skilled super featherweights. Um, the show also sees... Uh, Rian Dixon, 9-0, one knockout. Fight Karen Carabajal, 21-1, for the vacant WBO lightweight title left behind by Katie Taylor, plus the latest from Campbell Hatton, 14-0, and Pat McCormack. Finally, on April 27th, you're going to see Jericho O'Quinn, 17-1-1, attempt to repeat his shocking knockout of top prospect Peter McGrail, 8-1. O'Quinn was down 40 uh, 40 to 34 on all three scorecards before damn near blasting McGrail out of the boot out of his boots in a remarkably accurate recreation of Julian Jackson versus Harold Graham. Okay, great stuff uh, for Matchroom, and looking forward to those fight results coming up. Now let's get back to the women in the ring. I want to focus in on uh, let's see, world champion Sandy Ryan, according to BBC. You can check this out. It's on the BBC Women in the Ring. World champion Sandy Ryan will defend her WBO welterweight title against fellow Britain Terry Harper, 23rd of March in Sheffield. As I said, part of the matchroom boxing uh, spring schedule. 
Uh, Darby's Ryan, 30 years old, makes a second defense of her belt as Harper, 27, aims to become a three-division champion. As I said, undefeated Rian Dixon will fight for her first world title in Manchester on the 13th of April. Dixon, who's 31 years old, will face, as I said, uh, Karen Karabajal for the WBO belt. And let's dig just a little bit deeper here. Let's have a look what they say. BBC says, Ryan returns to the ring after September's contentious split decision draw in a unification bout against American Jess McCaskill in Orlando. Harper is the current WBA light middleweight champ, all having also uh, previously been a champion at super featherweight. She's also coming off a draw against Cecilia Breakhouse back in October. As I said, also on the card, uh, Sheffield's Utilita Arena is undefeated and highly rated light welterweight Dalton Smith. As I said, he'll take on three-time world title challenger Jose Zapida. Uh, as I said, the following month, Warrington's pharmacist-turned-boxer Dixon, who is trained by former world champ Anthony, uh, Anthony Krola, uh, challenges for a world title in just her 10th outing against Carabajal. The Argentinian's loss in 22 fights was to pound, wow, was to pound pound star Katie Taylor, who had since vacated that lightweight title. And as I said, in the main event over at Manchester's AO Arena, super featherweight Jordan Gill, who stopped um, Ireland's Michael Conlon in a career best win back in December, continued his charge forward uh, toward a world title shot by taking on Zalfa Barrett. So some good stuff uh, for the women, and it's being noticed by uh, globally recognized media. Speaking of women in the ring, let's continue. Uh, over on SkySports.com, who have a vested interest in boxing, uh, Natasha Jonas would take a rematch, apparently, against uh, Michaela Mayer, uh, but Michaela Mayer should box, uh, according to Joe Gallagher, Lauren Price uh, to get that second fight. Natasha Jonas defeated Michaela Mayer, as we know, uh, on a split decision to defend her IBF world title. Uh, I, Mayor has called for a rematch after the exciting fight, and a really good fight, by the way, uh, that dis, uh, and this is a somewhat disputed result, yes. Uh, but uh, Jonas's trainer, Joe Gallagher, thinks the rematch will happen, but both could have different fights in the interim, he said. Uh, and Natasha Jonas likely will give Michaela a rematch, though it won't necessarily be next, says Gallagher. Uh, Jonas uh, retained the IBF uh, welterweight world title back in Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, maybe uh, a couple of days ago, quite frankly. Um, split decision. Uh, Mayor's called for a rematch. Everyone uh, would want to see that fight again, Gallagher said. The skill set that they have contender for fight of the year as well as round of the year. Of course, people want to see that. And of course, Natasha would do the rematch. But there are other options for the IBF titleist, Gallagher explained. Natasha said in the ring afterward, this is her last year in boxing, and there's big fights she still wants. Jessica McCaskill has the WBA belt, and she wants it. Uh, with Katie Taylor, there's unfinished business, and there's also Michaela Mayer. So that's Natasha's uh, deal. But Natasha will do the rematch, but the money would have to be the right, would have to be right for it. But in the meantime, I think Tasha is going after McCaskill, he said. Um, and he thinks that America's mayor should take a comeback fight uh, to build up uh, a second Jonas bout. Michaela Mayer and Lauren Price, those two could fight each other, and the winner gets Natasha, while Natasha goes and gets another belt off McCaskill. Mayer's just lost. Lauren Price hasn't fought at world level yet, 
And that would be a good test for the pair of them, said Gallagher. And my last little story on women in the ring. Uh, a while back, I reported that Alicia Baumgartner got herself in a bit of trouble uh, um, due to some uh, drug testing. She vehemently protested her innocence from the outset. And uh, when an adverse finding uh, in the VEDA test taken on July 12th, just three days before a fight with uh, Christina Lenadatu, uh, as such, the WBC undertook an investigation of the specific circumstances, health concerns, and legal precedent surrounding the finding. They have now declared that they found Miss Baumgartner not guilty of intentional ingestion or, or consumption of a banned substance for performance-enhancing purposes and confirmed her as reigning WBC super featherweight champion. There you go. Congratulations, Baumgartner. Well done. Okay. Let's move along to Eddie Hearn, uh, and he's got a trio of fighters I want to talk about. Let's start off with what he has to say about Anthony Joshua, which I think's okay. I think it's funny. Eddie Hearn is sure Anthony Joshua will knock Francis Ngannou out in their upcoming fight, and not only that, but he's confident when that will occur. Uh, he says, and he's adamant. The bout will be over by the end of the eighth round. So all you boxing fans out there who enjoy Eddie Hearn and his comments, that to me is a good one. And I, I kind of laugh. I, I think Andy Joshua is going to get knocked out by Nagano. That's my opinion. I'll stick to it. Keep in mind, boxing fans, uh, I thought that uh, Andy Joshua was going to beat Alexander Usyk a couple years back when they fought. And I was really surprised when Usyk beat Joshua. So let's put it this way. I was a Joshua fan, uh, but of late, uh, his what he said, what he's done, just doesn't give me that confidence. Uh, as a boxer, he'll beat Nagano, who's only really fighting his second uh, uh, fight in the ring. All right, okay, let's move on to what else Eddie Hearn has said. Uh, Eddie Hearn anticipates a more confident John Ryder entry better entering the ring this Saturday night uh, for his fight against Jaime Munguia. Uh, her noticed that the understated Southpaw gained confidence during the second half of the biggest fight of his career eight and a half months ago. Once London's rider regained his senses after Canelo Alvarez knocked him down during the fifth round, the huge underdog performed admirably against boxing's undisputed super middleweight champ May 6 at the Akron Stadium in Mexico. Uh, the 35-year-old rider undoubtedly lost uh, to Alvarez, but he won over detractors, apparently, uh, that doubted he could even compete with one of the best fighters pound for pound in the sport. Munguia, by the way, 27 years old, is undefeated and six years younger than Alvarez. The Tijuana native isn't nearly as accomplished nor as formidable as Alvarez. However, uh, which encouraged her to predict that the fighters the company promotes will pull off an upset on foreign soil at Footprint Center in Phoenix. I really, be I really believe he beats Munguia, uh, who's all action. So exciting, Hearn stated. Uh, but that's a massive fight for Johnny, you know, coming off that Canelo fight, which he did so well in. You know, once he got his confidence in that fight, he started to really perform down the stretch, and he'll go into this fight with a lot of confidence. Okay, Eddie. Uh, win, lose, or draw, it has to be gratifying for Hearn to watch the respectful, well-liked writer make the kind of money during the twilight of his career that he's earned in high-profile fights against Alvarez, 
who's 62 and 2, by the way, and Mungia, who's 42 and 0, with 33 knockouts, and not to mention Daniel Jacobs, 37 and 4. And the former IBF WBA middleweight champ rider edged on the scorecards to win a 12 round split decision uh, in London. That was that fight against Jacobs I just mentioned. Anyway, Eddie, Eddie continues. I'm just so pleased Johnny Johnny Ryder uh, is getting what he deserves out of the sport. You know, another big payday for him, but more importantly, an opportunity. He wins the Mungia fight. You know, you can imagine the fights he could be in. David Benavidez, who I just mentioned yesterday's show. You know, Caleb Plant, Jermall Charlo, who I mentioned the other day. Edgar Berlanga, who we haven't mentioned in a while, quite frankly. Just like, this is a massive fight for him. And, you know, the team is very confident. Oh, they better be. John Ryder doesn't have a chance. All right, let's move on to what else uh, Eddie's looking at. Eddie's looking at his boy, Connor Ben, uh, who I do not like at all, uh, and his upcoming fight against Peter Dobson, who is, quite frankly, a massive, un although he's undefeated, 16-0, Dobson is an underdog uh, to, in his fight upcoming in Nevada, in Las Vegas, quite frankly, taking on Connor Ben. Anyway, this is what uh, Dobson recently said uh, about Connor Ben. The kid is a bum. I don't know how they think he can beat me. There you have it. Thanks for joining me, sports fans. Appreciate it. Uh, in the boxing mecca of the world, Toronto, Canada. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, Monday to Friday, unless I've got a doctor or dentist appointment like I do this afternoon. Got to have a cavity filler. Can you believe it? All right. We'll see you at 11 a.m. tomorrow when I talk like this. <laughs>